0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Hoopjack Podcast Series. I am your host, Chris Farmiston and there has been so much going on today in the world of free agency and players re-signing with teams and players moving to different teams, so much moving and shaking. I know the Waj is just having a field day right now on day one. Well, actually, I take that back. No, yeah, it is. It's day one. So July 1st was the start of... The free agency market and teams committing, really signing and everything. So uh, last night were some big takes, but today were some of the bigger ones. Uh, We're going to start off with uh, Nikola Jokic. He was up for a contract deal, and I got to say, this is big. He now, he had a five-year, $264 million contract deal Stay with the Nuggets, which is now considered the largest contract in NBA history. And I got to tell you, it better be worth it. I mean, MVP, but still coming up short in the finals. I know he'll probably have another shot in an MVP year. But I think the fact that you're paying him that much, he needs to bring a title to Denver. He needs to bring a title to the Nuggets. So hopefully that deal will pay off. I know looking at it by year, you're looking at 50 two and some change per year on that so congrats to him and hopefully the nuggets can continue to grow once the season starts the next contract we have that's another big one uh bradley beal who had opted out of his player option to with the with the wizards and and uh, ironically enough has made a deal to re-sign with the wizards for a five-year 251 million dollar deal And it's still a big one, but the fact that the Wizards need to find supporting cast members to help with them. Otherwise, that money is going to go to waste to not having to rebuild that organization. Another big deal that happened, Jalen Brunson, who was not going to go back to Dallas, but there was some teams looking. The Knicks had traded off some picks and some players to try to get the cap space and they did so successfully. Jalen Brunson is now a New York Knick. Uh, and his contract is four years, $104 million. So congrats to him. I know. That's about, if I did the bath right, $20... 26000000 a year, give or take. No, that's... Yeah, twenty-six mil per year. And good luck to him. Hopefully the Knicks can... I mean, they got rid of... I believe Nolan's Noel and one other player, I can't remember who. And a pick to give him some cap space. But the Knicks just need to find a way. After having not drafted anybody, and trying to think that Jalen Brunson is the key. I mean, you gotta look at what can Julius Randle do, what can RJ Barrett do, and how can that complement each other. Uh, we have some other minor signings with Chris Chris. Bosher, 3 year 35 and a quarter million to stay with the Raptors. Lou Dort, 5 year 87 and a half million to stay with the Thunder. And another big deal and I'll kind of decipher it however I can. Devin Booker is he wasn't up for a contract negotiation, he just got an extension if that makes sense because his current contract he still had 2 years left. Of his contract with the Suns. But recently he just signed a four-year $224 billion. Stay with the Suns. His total contract now is six years $295 million, Which if you look at it from what he had. He still had about two years. He had two years and still $71 million left on his contract. With, the, with Phoenix. But with that re-signing he's now... At a six-year, 295 mil. And hopefully the Suns can grow. I mean, there was talks about KD planning to go with Phoenix or Miami. There were some of the big teams. So hopefully Phoenix can find a way to get that money and work out a contract deal if KD wants to go there. Another one we have is Carl Anthony Towns. He is the same way. He had a four-year, 200. It's, It's basically the same contract four year 224 million dollars to stay with minnesota and his also total contract was six years 295 million so both of those players only added more considering what what they had left on their contract but also um minnesota did pick up rudy gobert at a free agency signed him to a deal so you have the twin towers now in minnesota with kat and gobert hopefully that chemistry works It'll be tough. to I don't know if they'll have them both on the floor at the same time, but if they do that paint, no one's getting into that paint if both of them are down there. You're just going to have to rely on shooting. Also, John Morant, another unique case, five years, $193 million, and the deal could eventually become worth $231 million depending on how his, his, his numbers go and how his years go. So he's still staying five years with Memphis. And I think Memphis can continue to keep growing. I know Jaron Jackson uh, Jr. is going, in, going into surgery. He's going to be out. So time will tell what will happen there. And what I also found was a question mark day were, was a trade. Pacers are trading Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics in exchange for Daniel Theis, Aaron Nesmith, and a 2023 first-round pick. And what I found really funny today was there was a meme out where I don't know if you guys remember an old SpongeBob episode where he had a paperclip and string, and the the thing and the the title said, "This is what the Celtics gave up for Malcolm Brogdon," and I thought that was hilarious because to be fair, the Pacers gave up their key player. That, that's a Malcolm Brogdon was their franchise player. That was their main player, and you gave him up. For a paper clip and a piece of string. And a pick. I'm sorry, but what's the what was the what was going on there? So I know it's day one and there's many more days to go with free agency talks. The question on everyone's mind is where is Katie and Kyrie going to go? I think Kyrie Kyrie staying in Brooklyn. Is KD gonna stay or is he gonna go? No one knows. Now, but we're gonna take a quick commercial break up. When we come back, we have our one-on-one hooper profile with former overseas basketball star and author of the book Same Name, Different Game, Mr. Sean McCaw. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Hoopjack Podcast series, guys. And today for our one-on-one hooper profile, we have a very special guest, former European pro basketball star and author of the book. Same name, different game. We have Mr. Sean McCall, Mr. McCaw, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So, uh, and by the way, thanks. Thank you for sending me a copy of your book. I read through it and I like the, it's your history. It's what you had to go through in your time, especially during a hard time of transitioning from college ball and then the lockout and then trying to, and then being part of, pretty much the start of European basketball kind of growing. Um, What was that kind of like being a part of that process of with several countries? Like you said, I think some countries were first starting out with the Euro league and everything like that. What was the process for you on trying to adjust? Well, I
1: mean, it was so long ago. (laughs) I mean, this was back in 95, but I always laugh and say that I'm like a, a dinosaur. I was in the this, the stone age of European basketball but it's a, it it was definitely a big trend, transition especially considering there was no internet age there was really right. really a lot that, a lot of conveniences that players have now that I didn't have back then so it was a huge adjustment and I think the thing that worked for me in my favor is that I was always willing to adapt and I think that's the biggest point that anyone should have if they are even thinking about coming overseas to play ball is they have to adjust to Europe and not the other way around, whether it be basketball or um, just the lifestyle.
0: Right. And like you said, you were playing basketball at the time. Like there was no internet. There wasn't a whole lot of technology change back then, but compared to what it is now and you see European basketball growing, you see a lot more Eastern European basketball players in the NBA. Do you like seeing that? that what the league has come to and how noticeable that European basketball has gotten?
1: Yeah, it's gotten ultra professional. And I would say in the last 10 to 15 years, I live in Germany currently and I've seen it myself. I've lived here since 2006, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, full time. And I've seen the growth that the German league has, has had in that time. And it's become ultra professional. And I like the growth. The bad side to that is that a lot of players that have talent, but maybe not an agent, they get left by the wayside because um, teams are really looking at D1 players first, kind of like that. So there's a lot of players that went to NAI schools or or D2, D3 schools that sometimes don't get a chance because they don't have an agent. And the age of writing a a club, writing a, a coach and getting a tryout those days are pretty much done unless you're talking about a lower
0: level league. Right. And you actually, and kind of before you made that leap towards overseas ball basketball, you played uh, high, you grew up in the Vegas area. Am I right? Correct? Right. right. And then played high school ball at Western high school. Um, I mean, Vegas at that time, what was kind of the basketball scene like?
1: It was, I mean, back then there was a lot of talent. I mean, there's still a lot of talent in, in Vegas. Um, right. Vegas is very underrated as far as talent goes. Um, but also back then, my high school team had six D1 players on it. So wow. so the, the talent has always been there. And um, I, th- I think Vegas is still underrated, but um, they've definitely had some people come out since then.
0: And then was, I know this is probably a stretch, but would, were you a part of uh, the AAU scene during that time? I don't know if it been
1: <laughs> you're really calling out my age right now
0: <laughs> I, I'm just I, I know I'm re- I know I'm reaching but I'm just no would, would it's okay been, Not AAU but even club ball would there have been club ball at that there point? was no there
1: was no club ball back then and I was a part of that that first wave of AAU where oh, it wasn't as no. it is now, not even close. But that those were the first teams that traveled. We traveled to Phoenix. We traveled to California, um, things like that. The Pump Brothers were, were big back then. So it was it was um, everything was starting. This is like in 1991 when I graduated. Um, right. So everything was was just getting started and getting kicked off. And I played on some AAU teams that traveled, but it wasn't anything compared to what it is now.
0: Right, and I don't mean to kind of get at you for your age. No, I'm I'm, ju- I'm just joking. I like to, I like, but I, to I like about my age. but I but I but I look at the fact that you you've seen the growth that it was from when it started. Yes. I know back then it wasn't as organized or as big as it was now, but you like right. seeing the growth that it has come to.
1: I think I think especially the AAU circuit has gotten maybe a little bit too big. Whereas now I hear people talking about uh, you need to play on an AAU team. Your high school team is not important. Back when I was playing, high school was the thing. The AAU was not the place for you to get recruited. It was, it was a nice showcase, but it wasn't to the level as it is now, as I said before. And I think maybe um, the shoe companies and everything, they've, they've done a, a great job of marketing things, but now it's grown a little bit too much for its own good, I think. And it's not to the benefit of the athlete, but more to the benefit of those that are around the athlete.
0: Absolutely, and I know that um, with kids nowadays, it's everyone wants to be on the best AAU team, and and high school ball can kind of seem obsolete at times, but it's still right. important to a to a degree. And I don't know it. Time will tell what will happen, kind of with that. And then after at your high school career, you took your talents for one year at. You, t- you started your college career at Arizona right? Hector Olson. Right. Um, what was that kind of experience like to start your college career at uh, Arizona? It
1: was amazing. We were top five in the country. We were playing on national TV all the time. It was amazing. But I, I was very immature at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, being highly recruited and, and all, you got all these schools talking to you, you, you think you're better than you are. And that, it got to my head. I'll be honest and say that it got to my head. And, and back then, I wasn't as level-headed as I am now. So um, I thought I should have been playing more. But I'm playing behind a future pro in Chris Mills. Um, Damon Sidermeyer is my roommate. Um, you know, so we, we had a squad. And I thought I should have been playing more. And that's why I ended up in, the, in leaving the program. But for me, it was an amazing experience that I wouldn't, I wouldn't change for the world. Even the fact that I left, I wouldn't change. Because if not, I wouldn't be where I am today
0: absolutely and your one year you left you transferred to Dixie Community College it was a junior
1: college back then yeah Dixie Junior College in St. George Utah and I was there for one year yes
0: and then after that you transferred to Southern Utah University to finish off your last two years and how did how would you say that the last two years how were you able to kind of grow as a person and as a player
1: yeah I went to Southern Utah to be kind of the big fish in a small pond. I only had two years of eligibility left and my experience at Arizona showed me that time waits for no man. So I really wanted to play somewhere where I could be a dominant force in that program. And that's what I was at Southern Utah. I played two great years, um, ended up in the hall of fame there now after some years, but my my two years there were absolutely incredible. and,
0: And it was the absolute right choice for me. And after after your last two years at Southern Utah, you're ready to go to kind of the dream of the NBA is alive. But then '95 was the lockout, right? I think a lot of people, a lot of people, especially basketball players, just didn't know what to do. And you took it upon yourself to look to see if Eastern uh, Europe and overseas was an option,
1: right? And there was there was a a, a huge problem with the NBA lockout for for players like me because I had a job offer from an Italian an Italian team my Italian agent had really gotten me a really good contract but in the end they didn't want to sign me because they wanted to see how the NBA lockout would go if they could get an NBA guy and I got impatient and and decided to go somewhere else other than that team I didn't want to wait anymore so that's how I ended up in Austria my first destination
0: and I and I like and I noticed the fact that when you talk about you had said this earlier about kind of having an agent, choosing an agent. You mentioned that in chapters two and two and three of your book with choosing the right agent and right. kind of seeing that they look out for what they can find the best for you instead of kind of just not caring at some point. You want to find somebody who cares, right? wants to look out for you in the end. So what was that process for you? trying to find the right agent.
1: Well, that was that was for me. I mean, even though I went to a very larger school, um I had very good stats. I had a two very good seasons and people remembered me from my time coming out of high school. So I had somewhat of a name, I I would say, I would say. And so I had about seven or eight agents that were after me that that wanted me to sign with them. Um, and I didn't want to distract myself from the season. So I asked my my college coach to kind of whittle the list down to three. And that's what he did. And I didn't talk to anyone until he whittled it down to the, the last three. And then I started to talk to agents directly after the season. So, yeah, I was scheduled to go play with, with the Utah Jazz in their summer league. But, of course, with the lockout, everything got canceled. So my agent, I chose him – um, based on the fact that he was he was an Italian agent and he could get me a good job in Italy, um, where I knew they paid well. And that's how I chose him. And we had a very good connection as well. And and that's the most important thing when you're choosing an agent, what kind of connection. If you're fortunate like me, that you have many agents after you, you can choose. It's easier. But of course, if you don't have an agent and you're searching for agents, sometimes you have to take what you can get. But still, there should be some kind of connection where you believe in that that agent and you, you have some kind of trust in an agent, but I'd say it all the time. There's only, there's only three times when you know how good your agent is. And two of those are bad moments. The first one is if they can get you a job, of course, that's every agent's job to find you a job. Um, that's the, that's one thing, but the next two are bad situations or crisis situations. Whereas if you are hurt or injured, I mean, I'm sorry, if you're hurt or fired, Those are then the the times when you'll find out how good your agent is. So you don't really know if the person that you chose will be good for you unless one of those three things happen. If they can find you a job, if you're fired or if you're
0: injured. Okay, and I know that can be hard for somebody, you know, looking for that option, especially if the NBA at that time is not the right option. There's still an option these and i like uh, when i was reading your book i like uh one of your sections and i can't remember what chapter it was on but you talked about uh division one versus division two three naia juco and i like that because i've always said it doesn't matter doesn't matter which division you go yeah a lot of people like the big name schools kentucky kansas right that's the one that's the name but i think when you're looking you want to find the school that's right for you and i think you can make a difference for that program because right. people are still scouting no matter what exactly and I, and I think it doesn't matter where you go but i know you had you started at arizona and then went back down to juco but then came right back up to southern utah and it's a process people just want to find that right fit it's like a glass slipper right to find do that fits and it's not
1: easy it's it's it's, it's very taxing and very difficult but it's right. worth it you, you just have to do your due diligence
0: so with uh, college athletes and some high school athletes now starting to make money because of the name image and likeness kind of nil and endorsements from different companies uh what's your take on that and can it be harmful for like colleges looking in or even the athletes, you know, taking it all in?
1: I think it's actually a great thing for the athlete, but with all new things, sometimes it, it takes a little bit of time before everything regulates itself. Right now it's a big hype and players are signing really good deals, things like that. But I hope that most of these players have, good financial advisors because Uncle Sam is going to want his cut. So you don't yeah. want people being bankrupt um, one year out of school because they didn't pay their taxes. Um, so there, there's things that have to be regulated. It's kind of like the wild, wild west right now. And after I would say a couple of years, then it'll, it'll I think slow down and it'll become a little bit more normal. It'll take time. But I think for the athlete in general, it's, it's a very positive sign a positive um, direction that it's going in, that not only the schools make a lot of money off these players, but also that the players are able to reap some of the benefits of their hard work.
0: Yeah. And like you said, I think the fact that a lot of these kids, and they are making money, I think they need to be smart with it. Like you said, a financial advisor, money manager, someone who can make sure that, Uncle Sam is not taking too much out of that and they're actually paying it. Right. But, and then, so after, I, and then it, when I was reading the last chapter of your book, it was the end of season and returning home and then culminated into the career that you had overseas and you've taken your talents and brought that towards coaching uh, after your pro career. Are you still coaching right now for anybody or any, no. any league say no.
1: I after after I retired from basketball from playing as an as an active athlete, mm-hmm. I went directly into coaching and I coached for nine years. Also in the first league in Germany, second league in Germany, and, and as well as youth basketball here in Germany. And I retired six years ago and went into education. Now I'm a teacher at a private school here where I live in Germany. Um, okay. I'm still very connected to the game. I still have many friends that are coaches or some of my youth players are now one is a national team player for Germany, for example. So I, I still have a lot of connection within the game, but I'm not an active coach. What I do now is more consulting for, for players. That's, that's my main thing now.
0: So you're basing. So with that and kind of the book, you're, you're trying to give them advice and kind of make sure that they're staying on a good path.
1: Right. That's exactly what I do. Uh, it's more education based. I'm not, an agent. I don't want to be an agent. That is not my lane. I cannot (laughs) get people jobs. I can also not get people an agent. That is not what I want to do. My thing is all about education. Without the proper education for these players before they come over here they'll be lost. And what I try to do is to flatten their learning curve before they come over here so that they know what to expect. A lot of a lot of players have no idea what the European market is like what players are getting paid in different countries, the different levels of, of leagues here in, in Europe, um, what EuroLeague is. I've heard many players say, hey, I want to play in EuroLeague. Well, EuroLeague is the best basketball outside of the NBA. That's a league in itself. But what they mean is I want to come play in Europe. It's a two totally different things. So even terminology, um, players have to learn when, before they come over here. And it's not as easy as people think to come over here and play. You can't just say, okay, I wanna to go to Europe. I've had players hit me up on Instagram and be like, hey, um, I need a job in Europe, I'm, I'm ready. No, it doesn't work like that. So right. without, and that's the thing, without that kind of information or education what I provide in my consultant services, um, players are lost. And I've, I've dealt with quite a few of players and they really, it really opens their eyes once they talk to me for 10 minutes. And so what I try to do is Give a lot of information, especially on my Instagram page, um, Sean J. McCall. I try to give a lot of free things, um, knowledge, so that the, the the players can see what, what I've experienced and, and see what, what to do. Then I combine that with my website, SeanJMcCall.com, where I post a blog, usually once a week, and I talk about different themes around basketball. And I also do a IG Live I guess you would say podcast, where I invite different people from around in and around European basketball, everyone from between a top starting point guard for a Euroleague team down to a guy who played in the sixth league in Germany last year, and everything in between GMs, um, agents, anybody that can give their viewpoint on European basketball. So I do these, these. Um, IG lives usually once or maybe twice a week. Then I post them to my YouTube channel so that the information is out there. Now, I have to balance that also with my book, of course, because I think a lot of the information in my book translates directly to this education, what I do. And then also my consulting, where someone can book me for either 30 minutes or one hour, and we can talk about whatever. Um, questions that they might have. We meet online and, and we're, I'm able to be kind of face-to-face with them and I can really go in depth into what they need and develop a plan for their next steps. I don't do the work. It's up to them to do the work, but I provide the information that they can go out in the world and do what they need to do with confidence and flatten their learning curve as
0: well. Okay, so I mean that's and, that, and that's good to have, you know, being able to give that kind of advice And like you said, you're not an agent, you're not nothing, you're a consultant, just making sure that this would be at least like a decent option. Like you could try this, this and this, but not I'm not telling you to go do this. This is what We could try.
1: Right. I mean, I I lay the groundwork, but the work has to be done by them. For example, I just had a client yesterday that reached out to me and said he needed me to look over a contract that that he got from a German team. And he didn't know if everything was in there was right. He doesn't have an agent. So he he faxed, or not faxed, he um, sent me over the 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 contract. I looked over it and I could tell him right away, okay, this is missing. This needs to be added, things like that. Then he went back and talked to the GM and got those things in. 20 minutes later, he called me and said, hey, everything's good. We got the stuff in. But these are the type of things if you don't know, then you'll never know. And these teams are not just going to offer offer things if you don't open your mouth, especially if you don't have an agent. And so that's what I try to help the people who that who don't have an agent, that don't have um, someone behind them, behind their $100,000 contract, who are fighting for a $400 job or something like that, because those are the ones that need the information the
0: most. Right. And my last question to you, and it's kind of a bit of a consultant advice. What advice would you give to the next generation of high school basketball players or after college players looking to play overseas and, or even high school players wanting to play at the college level and beyond, what would be your advice to them?
1: Well, especially for high school players, I would say start to educate yourself now on European basketball because a very, very small percentage of high school athletes actually make it to the NBA. We all know that. So, European basketball is a viable option, but you need to be prepared for that. So it's easy to look online. It's easy to buy my book. It's easy to contact me um, on Instagram, hit me up in the DMs or whatever, um, where I can answer a couple of questions. That's very easy, but you definitely have to be prepared. It's not just going to happen overnight. And especially for those that are coming out of college, I would say um, after you've educated yourself, be ready to adapt. I think that's the most important part from my career that I took that I adapted to Europe and not the other way around. And I think that was part of the reason why I had such a long career and why I got into coaching over there, over here, and why I have ended up staying in Europe because I was able to adapt and not think that everything is going to be like back home.
0: Right. And that's some great advice, man, to kind of give for that next group of Wanting to kind of do that research. And like you said, it's a very small percentage that goes to the NBA, but it's good to kind of educate yourself for other options that are not the NBA, but you still can have the opportunity to play professional basketball. Exactly. Uh so that's gonna be it, guys. So again, thank you, Sean, for taking the time to come on the show. And guys, uh Sean, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your book? Well, they can find
1: it on, on Amazon. They can find it on, um, Barnes and Noble online. Um, they can also buy it directly from my, my website, um, McCall.com. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm very accessible on Instagram. That's where I am the most. And I'm definitely open to questions and things like that without paying and, and things like that. Just hit me up in a DM and ask me whatever you have to ask me. And then we can go from there, but I'm very accessible I'm not going to charge you an arm and a leg for information. I just want to make sure that that information is accessible, readily accessible for for people that need it. And that's my most important thing. That's my passion.
0: Absolutely. And Sean, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, I look forward to seeing uh, big things from you. Hopefully your book kind of explodes and hopefully um, you give giving the right advice to these kids It'll help them kind of with a with a path for the future. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem, and We'll be right back with more hoop jack, guys. So stay tuned. And welcome back, guys. So I want to thank Mr. McCall for taking the time to come on the show. And guys, you can check out his book, same name, different game. The link will be in the description. It'll also be on the story when it comes out. So make sure to check out the book when you get the chance. It's a great book. I've read it. It's for anyone interested in having that opportunity to play overseas, I feel this is the book you need to read. This is the book you need to know. Um, and before we get into our closing remarks tonight, I want to thank our affiliates, our affiliations with Boosted Biz and Kenichi Bear. Kenichi Bear. First off, with Boosted Biz, I want to thank them for giving us the opportunity to work with them to get our merch line out. T-shirts, shorts, hats. Well, not hats, but pants, uh, everything that we need to kind of stay in this weather especially with the heat coming i'd invest in a t-shirt and a tank top once it gets colder i'd invest in sweatpants and a, and a, and a sweatshirt but make sure to help help out guys you can find our link our merch link on our instagram page at hoopjack underscore underscore, hoobjack underscore for the link tree that can send you to our boosted biz website to get your hands on some swag so make sure to check that out when you get the chance also, we have our, our affiliation with Kidichi Bear. They have done great work with uh, getting us out there as far as uh, posts and shares, but also you need if you want a pair of high get some high quality headphones and look no further than the Hibernation 5s. They're a great wireless set of headphones. They work wonders if you're vibing and listening to music. Or want to relax while playing playing the game, whether you're on Xbox or PlayStation or even PC, and a great wireless set of headphones that go with anything. So make sure to check out the Hibernation Fives. You can also find that on their website as well as on our link tree. Click on the link, and it'll work wonders for you guys. I, I invest in the Hibernation Fives. You can't go wrong. So for closing remarks. Um, I just want to say I hope everyone stays safe this weekend. It's the Fourth of July. I know people are going to be out partying, going on the uh, going to parades, enjoying the fireworks, having a great time with friends and family. I just want everyone to be safe. Uh, make sure you don't overdrink. Make sure you're not lighting up firecracker near your feet or your hands or messing too much with fireworks. But be safe with fireworks uh make sure you're from a safe distance and just be careful out there guys i know it's the fourth of july weekend but be safe and have fun and spend time with family and friends enjoy some watermelon Uh, enjoy some hot dogs hamburgers and just have a grand old time um that's gonna be it for this episode again i want to thank mr mccall for taking the time to come on the show again and guys check out his book same name different game i have a copy and it's great to see kind of from an inside view of what path he took and how he overcame enormous odds to get to where he is now so make sure to check it out make sure to keep supporting the channel check it out the show we're continuing to grow every day and Hopefully the process keeps growing. And remember, don't be a bystander, be a hooper, and keep balling. Peace.